Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. I remember in my dad's church, we'd have some of these prayer meetings and people get up and give a testimony and sometimes it was the older people and they'd get up and say something like this just pray that I can hold on until I get to the end I'm a teenager going what was that all about I don't know now I'm kind of like saying well no I want to run across the finish line going full speed don't you want me to hold on till the end Jesus help us As you get older and older and see the world become more corrupt than you'd thought would be possible, it's tempting to look at it all and wonder why you're even here in the first place. Even as a follower of Jesus, the sheer weight of evil and sadness in the world can make it a challenge to be positive about life. Pastor Mark will be teaching about the plan of God for your life. He'll be showing you that there is a plan for you while you're on the earth, besides just waiting to die and go to heaven. You'll find out that you can do good here and how you can be a light shining in this dark world. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Here's Pastor Mark in Jeremiah chapter 10 as he begins his message, The Great I Am Has a Plan for Your Life. can turn in your Bibles to Jeremiah chapter 10. We'll be in Jeremiah just for a couple of verses. I want you to turn there. And then we'll be back in the book of Genesis. We're not going to go through every great I am in the book of Genesis. Don't worry. But there's some really special ones that we're going to talk about. Then we'll move through some other passages. And then we'll head as we do quickly into the New Testament and watch what God has to say to us. The great I am is really all about God. And in Jeremiah 10.23, the title is The Great I Am Has a Plan for Your Life. Jeremiah 10.23 says this, I know, O Lord, that a man's life is not his own. It is not for man to direct his steps. If you and I will get that one down, really the rest of serving Christ is fairly easy. But that's the hard part because we want to direct our own steps. We want to be in control of our own life because we really think we can do it better. So right there, that means that I can't do that, but it's not for man to direct his steps, but notice who this prayer is to, God, what that's saying is, I recognize I can't do it, so I need you to do it. 
Now that shouldn't surprise you because later in Jeremiah 29, if you'll turn there, we see that God answers that request basically or that statement that I know I can't direct my own life. Is there anyone that can help me? And then you skip right to Jeremiah 29, 11, and there's this great statement, a verse you're very familiar with, for I know the plans, and I've asked you to do that the last time we mentioned that verse. Remember, you can circle that in your Bible, the S. Sometimes we don't think about that. It's not just the plan, because that plan is to get you to heaven. I mean, ultimately, that's the plan, and I'm ready to go, aren't you? Amen. But along the way, there's many plans. For I know the plans I have, and I just inserted this, the great I am has for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Now notice the word harm in there. It doesn't mean you won't be hurt because there's difficult things. When God prunes us, when he allows difficult things to come in our life, it does hurt. There are things that are unanswerable, but never harming us. It's always for our good. Now, notice both of those verses really speak to the basic element that life is not about us. It's about God. It's about God working through us to fulfill his plans and empower us to make his plans happen. So the first thing I'd like you to write is simply this. Man was created to be dependent on God. What kind of a God? Well, the great I am. The really the only God there is. That fact shouldn't surprise any of us since we learned the great I am is our creator. That's how it all starts. So the prophet Jeremiah tells us that we were made right from the start to be dependent on this all-knowing God for direction in every area of our life. As we mentioned in the garden, if God doesn't show up, Adam and Eve are clueless. They don't know what to do. They don't know how anything works. They don't know what to eat, not to eat. They don't know what to do with the animals. They're clueless. But God came, and uh, God created us. And when he finished creating man, remember, he said, it is good. That means God has a lot of store for us. Now, here's something that we sometimes forget. Sometimes we don't really understand. We're always kind of looking at the end of this thing called life. And life is not just a destination. For sure, that's where we're headed. But we have 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, 90 years on this earth. This is the journey. And so we are to be thinking about our journey, which really happens day by day, There's not any of you that have been called to be Methuselah, so you don't have 900 years, but you do have 70, 80, 90, or whatever. So life is not just about the destination. Well, I just just can't wait till I get to heaven. I just can't wait to get to heaven. I remember in my dad's church, we'd have some of these prayer meetings, and people would get up and give a testimony. And sometimes it was the older people, and they'd get up and say something like this, just pray that I can hold on until I get to the end. I'm a teenager going, what was that all about? I don't know. Now I'm kind of like saying, well, no, I want to run across the finish line going full speed, don't you? What do you mean hold on till the end? Jesus, help us. And so to do that, you can't have an end mentality only. 
You have to have a journey mentality. The steps of a righteous man and woman are ordered of the Lord. So every day is this amazing experience of going with God. Now let's turn back to the book of Genesis chapter 12. You know the story, but it's good to watch what the great I am does. Before God ever comes to Abram, he is a pagan. He's an unbeliever. His dad was a pagan, a worshiper of either the sun god or the moon god. And if God doesn't show up to Abram, he would have just continued doing his life like his dad did, like his grandfather did, without God. Simply making choices from his own worldly wisdom. But because God had a plan, these lost people around the world, especially even starting in those days, needed to be reached. As we said before, God could certainly have reached him with an angel, but he decided to use man. And he actually decided to use a nation called the nation of Israel. Well, that nation would have to have a head, a father. That nation's spiritual head was, of course, God. But God comes to Abram, and he says to Abram, basically, I'm going to enter your life. And let me just say this to you, and this is why we need to be sharing our faith. When God enters your life, the real adventure of life begins. These ventures of faith that we love. Let's look at verse 1, chapter 12. Now, the Lord had said to Abram, we'll show you that later, leave your country, your people, your father's household, and go to the land I will show you. Let me just stop right there and say this to you. The longer you serve God, the more times your God's going to say to you, leave this, move here, do that. Maybe not location, but a relationship or a ministry, sometimes even a church, a job. All kinds of things. Leave this and move to this. God's always changing us. And we don't live in the past. We live today and we need to be sensitive to God speaking to us to pick up and do this and go there and do this. He'll say yes. He'll say no. So this is exactly what happened. Now notice in that verse, God had previously spoke to Abraham. Here is my plan for you. We'll unpack that in a moment. But here's something we forget being New Testament believers. This was the first time any God spoke to Abram. Abraham served a moon God, a sun God, pagan gods. Pagan gods don't speak. This is the very first time he ever heard any God speak to him. And of course, the only God that can really speak to him is the one true God. Don't take that lightly. Understand, and I want you to write it this way, because you need to understand the great I am is still speaking today. He's speaking through the word of God. This morning when you had your quiet time, you got up early. You had that cup of coffee or the tea or hot chocolate or whatever you drink. As you sat there, remember we say this often. When you open the Bible... It's as if God has opened his mouth. Well, it's true. That's exactly what's happened. Don't take that lightly. That's huge. This was a shock for Abram. He doesn't know anything. But here, the I am 
comes to him. It would have gone something like this. Now, Abram was, by the way, a very rich man. And we know from later on, he had a beautiful wife. But God came to him and said something like this. Abram, I don't know how it went, but it would have been pretty shocking. Let me introduce myself to you. I'm the creator of the universe. Hello. You know, whatever. He'd gone home and tell dad about this. He'd say, what kind of mushrooms are you playing with out there in the front yard? And God would have said this to him. I want you to know me. I already know about you and I have a plan for you. Now, you don't know the plan, but it's going to be a challenge. God had challenged him to leave his country, his people, his job, his parents, and go to a new land with just his wife. Now, we read that and it looks pretty benign. And that's it's you or me. That's huge. You know, when I left pharmacy to come here, that was nothing like this. I mean, it was a big move for us, but it was nothing like this. This is a whole change of everything in your life. Now, verse 2. God goes on and he says this. I will make you into a great nation, and I'll bless you, and I'll make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. Whoever curses you, I will curse. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. Notice all the I wills. Once again, your life and my life, the great I am, is all about God. He had a specific plan for Abram's life. Way better, Abram will discover, than anything he could have come up with. The sooner you understand that, the less fear When God says, change this, move there, drop this, do that, no fear. Because our history with God is, whatever he asks us to do is better than anything you and I could have ever planned, ever. So if Abram obeys, God will fulfill this plan. You're going to see a moment, because he doesn't obey, it's put on hold. And that's really what, we'll talk about that in a moment. You, you don't want God's plan put on hold because being in the center of his will is what you and I want. Now, what was God's plan for this nation before we go into these six amazing special covenant promises? Well, the plan initially was this, to give the world through this nation the true knowledge of God, that there is one God. Initially, they did okay with that. Then, of course, they kind of went off, and pretty soon they were worshiping idols. Not long after things got started. So God was trying to say to this world, I'm going to use a nation, Abram, you're going to be the head, to introduce the great I am. There is only one God. I'm going to introduce them to you. Second, they were to get the word of God. God was going to give the word to Moses, the Pentateuch, to many other writers of the Bible. He was going to give the word so it would be transferred into the New Testament, then the New Testament can be written down. What you have was God's plan. That Old Testament was the plan of the Jewish nation to bring forth the word. And of course, if you go to Israel with us, you go to Qumran or whatever, we stand there, we see the Dead Sea Scrolls. The people did that. They kept it. God actually kept it, but they wrote it. Number three, the plan for this nation was through that, that the Messiah would come. So they were to be light to a dark world and say there's one God. They were going to say God speaks, his great I am speaks. He can tell you how to do life. We're going to write it down. This is what you study. And number three, the only way to get rid of your sin eventually 
because we're all sinners. The only way to get to the great I am in heaven is to have a savior. And this nation, that savior is going to come through this lineage. Now look at these six covenant promises. Through them, all of these things would come. They would be a great nation. Now, this is strange. We don't have time to get into it. But there's around 13 to 15 million Jews in our world today. But how much influence do you think those 13 or 15 million people have? Probably 10 times that, if not more than that. If you look at the sciences and the arts and medicine, where do you see? All at the top of these is what? The Jewish people. Why is that? God. You go to this little nation, if you ever go with us to Israel, when you go to that little nation, the first thing that hits you is, this is what the world's fighting over? This little piece of land, Jerusalem, that's nothing? 13 million people in the whole world? That's exactly right, because it's God's country. So that would be there. And then he would bless him as an individual. You'll see that all the way through the teaching. He would make his name great. Now, does anybody, if you go to the Mideast, does any, any of the world religions trace their background to Abraham? <laughs> the Jews, the Christians, and who else? The Muslims, all of them. So his name is great. All the people we bless through you, that of course applies to science and arts and medicine, but who's God talking about in that promise? The Messiah. Through the Jewish people would come the Messiah. And I will give you this land. That's another whole Bible study in itself. The land that God gave to the nation of Israel is still debated today. And you know what Israel wants to do? Give away some of the land. They never even accomplished what God wanted. The only time you're going to see that land, which is theirs, is going to be right after the tribulation into that millennium. We'll have it. And last, number six promise affects you and me. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who curse you. Really, the only reason I believe, one of the main reasons that the United States has been so blessed is we're one of the first nations that gave the Jewish people full citizenship and protection. It's still there, but it's threatened. Be careful if we give it away, because we will no longer be blessed. God blesses us as a nation, even though the Jewish people are what, basically? Pretty much secular. They're not really into God. But God said, here's the promise, I'll do it. Now, what a great plan from God. Now, this, of course, blew Abram away. He's clueless about what this is about. So look at verse 4. So Abram, circle this in your Bible, left. That's a good thing for you to go back and think about. He left, as the Lord had told him. Now, you're going to see in a moment, uh, Moses writing this is, is pretty generous to Abram left. And Lot went with him. Can you see a problem already? Yes, you can. Here's the thing that encourages me, and it encourages some of you. Abram was 75 years old when he set out from Haran. 75. He'd been retired and on medical leave for about 12 years. (laughs) Had been doing nothing, just sitting around. No. 75. And God says, I'm going to start my life in you at 75. Does that give anybody hope, praise God? That's good. All right. Now, we know from Acts chapter 7 that this promise was made to Abram before he left the Earl of Chaldees. Now that his father was dead and he was compelled to more complete obedience, he didn't have any more excuses, God repeated, you're going to see that in a moment, he repeats that promise. You've heard me say partial obedience 
is what? Disobedience. It just never works. The reason this call has to be repeated to Abram in Haran, God gave it to him first in the year of Chaldees where they were. But they went to Haran and were there for years until father passed away. At that point, God came again and he repeated the promise to Abram. I love that in one way. Have you ever missed the will of God? I have. And then God came again to me, gave me another chance. Aren't you glad for second chances? How about Jonah? So Abram blew it, but eventually he got it right. He's going to come and he's going to make some altars in Shechem and Bethel. And he's going to make that long trip in obedience to God. Now he left, he went. So the, today is the best day to start following God. Now he left, but he took somebody with him, didn't he? He took Lot, his nephew. Now, if it would have been the days with airplanes and extra luggage, he probably would have left Lot at home. I'm not paying for you, forget it. He'd have been way better off. You see, anytime you compromise what God asks you to do, it will bite you in the end. You will pay for it. He will pay for Lot coming with him. Now, one of these promises that God gave to Abraham and Sarah was a difficult one. From you, you and your wife, there's going to come a son. Through that lineage is going to come the Messiah. Well, of course, that's an impossibility. And you're going to see that. So what does Abram have to do to leave? Why did he leave? Well, he left because of these next verses and this next statement. The next thing you see is he left Simply believing God. He didn't have any real reason to believe God, but he just believed God. God designed our lives to be lived by faith, not by sight. Remember, if you know the story of Abram, he doesn't tell him where he's going. He doesn't tell him how long it's going to be. He just gives him a promise. He says, I'm going to use you. Well, there is no sight there. You have no clue where you're going. So it's all by faith. But 2 Corinthians, Paul writes it like this. We live or we walk because today requires steps by faith, not by sight. To be honest, the easiest way to live is by sight. Preferably, I'd like to kind of see where I'm going, wouldn't you? Okay, what do you want, God? What are you going to do? Give me a little plan how that's going to work. Okay, I kind of get my mind around it and be ready. He has nothing to get his mind around. He just leaves. In today's message, Pastor Mark started talking about the story of Abram, who God called to become the beginning of the Jewish nation. You learn that Abram was challenged a lot by God to hang on and trust him. You were reminded that the longer you serve God, the more you'll be challenged to leave things, move places, and to do new things in your life. You don't have to wait to hear another message from Lessons for Living. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com to access our archive of messages on various topics and books of the Bible. Subscribe to our podcast as well to receive updated teachings as soon as they're made available. We're so glad you joined us today and we'd love to connect with you. 
feel free to contact us with your questions and prayer requests at 866-779-3441. That's 866-779-3441. Next time, Pastor Mark will be continuing his message, The Great I Am Has a Plan for Your Life. You'll hear more about the start of Abram's journey with God. You'll discover that age, young or old, doesn't matter to God. You'll see that it's normal to have doubts and fears and that God won't get mad at you for having those. He just wants you to trust Him anyway. We wish we had more time today, but we will have to pick up where we left off next time as Pastor Mark continues teaching through this series, The Great I Am's. That's next time on Lessons for Living. in a herd